To see examples of what we talk about on this episode, along with further information, go to bunchofdorks.com. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to Two Dimension Podcast. The comic book podcast with no direction. What's up, everybody? You guys know that song. You know this voice. That's right. It's your boy, Rook. Joining me, as always, is the man who keeps everything going and keeps me in line. It's Mr. Don Moore. That's me. That's you. Joining us today is the creator of the one of the creators of the comic book Rays. Everyone, please say hello to Sam Willis. Hey guys, how's it going? Great, man. How are you doing today? I'm doing good. Just man. excited, you know. Uh, I'm excited to talk to you, but first, I'm gonna I'm I'm gonna put out a small complaint. Okay. What's up? So we get the books. I see the files. And I'm seeing four issues, and, uh, and the complaint I had was is that the fourth issue was listed as final. Yeah. yeah. Yes. In parentheses. <laughs> so I'm like, okay, I got I got a four piece story to read. That's that's cool, no problem. And I get to the end of that book, and I'm like, what the? Are you how the? What the? And then I see the Kickstarter for the fifth issue started up, what, just yesterday or the day before? Yeah, so we just launched yesterday, which is pretty exciting. This is actually our first legitimate Kickstarter. Um, so so we've been kind of producing these issues just to the public. Um, we haven't really been marketing much, at least on social medias. We've gotten all these physical stores, and we've been going to events. Um, but just this year, I'd say like six months ago, Started to take the started to take the ranks, excuse me, and then talked to my co-creator, talked to my team, and said we need more of a social media presence. And then kind of tried to fit our groove with that and tried to get out to the public a little bit more. Right on, right on. So yeah, um, yeah, I was immediately pissed when I got to the end of that issue. I'm like, <laughs> wait a minute, that was supposed to be the final. So all right, before sorry, we I should have renamed those. <laughs> 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 Tell us a little bit about Ray's. Where does this story come from for you? Um, this story, so to backtrack, it's kind of been 15 years in development. Um, I used to, I was going to college for video game design, and that's what I wanted to do full time. Um, and it was actually supposed to be a video game, but we've always been lovers of comics and any me- medium of storytelling. So it kind of like came from a what if question. So like we're huge gamers and we used to always play left for dead, which if you don't know, it's just a zombie shooter. Pretty simple. You just go around killing zombies, but we really love the idea. And we kind of just went down this rabbit hole 15 years later. And, you know, we weren't able to do the video game medium just because it's very hard. Yes. <laughs> um, so we were like, okay, this story is really passionate to us. We still need to put it out somehow. And then we kind of gravitated towards comics. Okay. Okay. Man, this, uh, so the, the concept of the book, uh, you know, Friends on the Bridge and then just all hell breaks loose. Um, it's very the, – the first issues are very fast-paced. Things get crazy real quick. Um I'm gonna make this comparison. I really feel like this is this this is very much um, in the vein of Walking Dead. The way it, it it goes and it starts out, 
where you're just you're you don't know what the heck is going on right now mm-hmm. and you know i really i really dig the the ideas that you guys are uh, are throwing out you know this this group is really some of them are friends some of them definitely <laughs> aren't <laughs> yeah no not everyone is uh on the best basis as far as friendship goes yeah yeah like hey let's get stuck in like an apocalypse situation with the guy who just rear-ended me Exactly. So, like, that's the thing, though. That's, like, why we did issue one, because we a lot of people don't know, we did issue one three times. So we did it the first time, and it was finished, and we were going to do color, and that's kind of when we're on the, like, fence of, like, doing black and white or color. Um, and we wanted to keep more of a traditional horror vibe, like, almost like a really old movie, like Frankenstein, kind of like a, almost like a nostalgic feeling. Um, and... We were kind of just like, okay, the first one we made was, wasn't good in our opinion. We didn't want to put it out to the public. So we're like, okay, let's start over. And then we started over the second time. And then halfway through our artist bailed on us. And then the third time, uh, our co-creator Trey actually drew the first 12 pages. And then we kind of brought some other artists on in the back half, just because the time management with our jobs, working full time and working on this, on a day-to-day basis where Trey was staying up till four or five o'clock in the morning trying to get pages done. Ooh. And he really didn't know what he was doing too. It was kind of like a lot of, a, a big learning curve for him. So we were like, okay, let's bring some other people on and let's try and finish this issue. Cause this issue was just like the idea behind it was we wanted to throw people into the shit and get them like, Oh my God, this is crazy because we always had the conversation of, Anyone who refers like a TV show or a movie or anything like that or a book, and they're like, "Yeah, you have to wait till this chapter till it gets good. Or you have to wait till this point till it gets good." And we're like, "No, we want to come out the gate swinging and show you what our world's really about." Yeah, yeah. Now, now I'm curious about the you. You mentioned the uh, shift in artists here. Mm-hmm. There is some variation in the art. Um, yeah. I, I noticed. Uh, are you? Uh, are you still working with the same artists each book or are you, are you changing artists around still? Um, so the way issue one kind of ended, we had about four artists on. So if you go like the first page before you even start the comic, you'll kind of see a list of a lot of names. Cause there was a lot of people that were behind the scenes helping us get this first issue done. Um, we learned a lot on the first issue and the dude, uh, his name is Montes Boher. He kind of finalized that ending part of issue one, and then he did two to four. And four, he went. He wanted to go make his own comic, so we kind of split ways. And then, you know, when Trey first started on issue one, he wasn't ready. But as we went through these issues, he saw the process. He saw the way we could do it. He started started to teach himself. So now Trey is officially the new artist from issue five moving forward. Okay. Okay. Yeah, I, the, I, I was uh, I was a little thrown off by by the art, the change in the art from the first issue uh, to, to the next ones. Uh, I wasn't sure if like creative teams changed, but that that explains all that. Yeah. Um, you know, so so he's re- so he's the one who did the first couple pages in this in this first book. Yeah, so he actually did, I believe, and don't quote me on this, but I believe it's up to page, like, 10. Um, If you look closely, you'll see the way the characters look. It's a little bit of a style change. Our inker, who did an incredible job, Joshua Christian, he came on and he he tried to, you know, obviously merge the two. 
and try to make it stylistically fit all together. Um, and after issue one, we kind of looked at the inking and we wanted to go for more of a realistic take on this comic. Um, not that it wasn't, it just felt like some of the colors and the way we did it just felt almost like a glossy finish, like yeah. almost cartoony in some of these pages. And we wanted to stray away from that because it was always about like creating a hyper-realistic story moving forward. Okay, gotcha, gotcha, man. So the biggest question I have, and I noticed you referred to it as the infected in in the Kickstarter. Yes. Is it an infection, or we just got to hold on and take the ride? Yeah, so the cool thing, and, like, if people pay attention to when we go through these books, there's always a theme behind it. So, like, issue one was, like, the oh shit, like, the world building of, like, these are zombie-esque and they're trying to kill you and you got to get away. Issue two was really, okay, we saw a bunch, now let's see what one can do. And that's kind of where issue two takes place. Issue three... Because issue one and two, we didn't really get into much of these characters. It was literally just like trying to see how these characters are, like what their personalities were, mm-hmm. what the like how they would respond to each other. Um, and then issue four was, which is one of my personal favorite, um, is kind of opening the door of what this infection is. One of our uh, characters, her name's Ashley, and she kind of has a little bit of a medical background. So you kind of see that in issue four, and you kind of see what this infection, like what the signs are and how someone would act if they were infected, um, which we kind of dive a little bit deeper into. And for anyone who's asking, this is not a traditional zombie story. If It's not if you get bitten, you change. It's if they touch you, you change. So in issue four, you'll actually see a panel where if you look at their hand, there's these little bumps that go around the hand. Yeah. And, and that's that. kind of like the sign of that they're turning infected. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. I- issue four seemed the pacing change uh, from with three and four really, you know, the first two issues was just kind of like train wreck situation. Got to deal with it. Got to run. Got to. Uh, and the pacing change that you guys did. Yeah. Four, four was a great issue. I got to tell you, because it really. <laughs> It really gave them like a space to breathe, but then you realize they're very uncomfortable in this in the junkyard. Absolutely, uh, you know. So that that's great. That's absolutely great. Uh, now, I, I did mention Walking Dead. Is that some of the inspiration that you're working with? What's what's the inspiration? Um, I would say mostly the inspiration is Left for Dead. I think The Last of Us Part One. Um, we're old school fans of kind of like 28 days later, Mm -hmm. I am legend. Um, the whole thing about the zombie genre, which we tried to do is, you know, it's kind of this thing that has been done so many times and there's these corny tropes that follow it. Um, we were trying to bring a realistic story. We're trying to have almost like this umbrella, like horror is at the top. And as you go down, you get the action, you get the mystery, you get the drama, you get the romance. Um, And we really wanted to just, I think, give it a fresh look and a fresh set of eyes. Um, I wouldn't even really say, I mean, this is a zombie story, but I would almost say it's a character study. Yes. Because you're kind of going through this story and you're getting all these different personalities. And like, for example, like this is like the first week of the infection spreading. 
So like nobody knows anything, you know, imagine it like COVID when COVID first came out, it took months and months and months for people to figure out anything. So it's kind of like this thing of like, okay, we got to figure this out. What is this? What can they do? Like all those variables kind of come into play as we move forward with our story. Yeah. Yeah. And, and it's, it's, so time time way time frame wise, it's been like a week in the first four issues. Yeah, I wouldn't even say it's a week yet. Like this uh, yeah, came out like two, like, like two days ago, days. and they're on like day two. <laughs> okay, yeah, because that's kind of where I was thinking. I'm, I'm like reading this. I'm like, well, you, you said a week. And I was like, man, it doesn't feel like a week. It feels no, like it's not a week. It's not a week yet. <laughs> yeah, this this feels like a fresh hell they've entered. Yes. <laughs> yeah, I. I have to admit, I, I had a different feeling than Rook did. When I saw issue four final, I was thinking, if he ends it there, I'm not even going to talk to this man. Um, <laughs> because it, when I say this, it's, it's hard to explain because the events happening are instantaneous, but it was a slow move on the bridge. Mm-hmm. And this could have been a, a story about dirty laundry because it is about the people you know the people stuck on the bridge and uh, then it just happens that there's this bad thing happening and it's instantaneous and it pops up just at a blink of an eye and I wasn't really considering those zombies because they're fast they're strong and, um, and like I said a blink of an eye but I'm reading the fourth issue, and I just told you my attitude towards it. And as I read more and more, I'm thinking, okay, if they end this in, in five pages, I'm going to call and complain to the publisher. This is, you know, so I was I was happy it didn't end. <laughs> because, We're glad to hear that. You know, there, there's no... There's no way you could finish this whole thing up in a couple of pages, unless it's an episode of Star Trek in the last five minutes of the show, which is awesome, but I did like it. Um, I, I had a point, and I just kind of lost it. Yeah, that's. I appreciate what you're telling us about the change of artist, because I had to keep going back and reading the issues, because the guy that got rear-ended is has a black beard and black hair and it has a certain a certain Eastern European look and then all of a sudden they're in the they see him later and they go well, where are these guys from it's the same guy but you know he's stylistically is a lot different his hair is no longer black and the beards no longer black um, exactly yeah that, that threw me but I mean it wasn't wasn't a deal breaker but it, it's a unique take. Now, I'm, I'm not familiar, except for 28 Days Later, with all the other, other zombie stuff, except mm-hmm. the ones most people have watched. And a witch is The Walking Dead, and that first zombie movie. Um, I forgot the name of it. The really famous black and white. Rook, help Night, me out. Night of the Living Dead. Night of the Living Dead. Uh, Night of the Living Dead, yep. Which I saw when I was in college at the Midnight Movies, and I said, this isn't scary at all, because they always had this radio advertising about it. it's been banned in all these countries. My buddy and I were making fun of it, and I uh, went out to eat after that, came back to the dorm, my roommate was out of town, and I, I go to bed, turned the lights out, and then I started freaking out. I don't know what, it gave me the creeps, anyway, that's, you know, I saw my buddy the next day for lunch. And I, I finally admitted to him that I was creeped out. I go, yeah, me too. I was thinking of coming over your room. 
<laughs> so, but yeah, it's it was a unique take on it, but like I said, it didn't have to have the the changed element to it. It could have just been about the people on the bridge and what was going on and you know later on in the junkyard. Nice. Thank uh, you. We appreciate that. <laughs> do you, how how long is this series going to be going on? Do you have a plan? Yeah, so right now we're pretty far ahead of issue five, if I'm being totally honest. Um, I can kind of answer this question just because we've been building this story for about 15 years. Um, as far as the story we want to tell, um, there's a lot of story we do want to tell in this series. Um, and we're kind of trying to figure out how we're going to break that up from issue to issue. So right now we don't have the exact length of the series, but you will be getting, I think, enough content in the next five years. Hmm. Really? Nice. How often are you dropping issues right now? Um, well, this year was kind of difficult, if I'm being honest. The beginning of the year, we had to break off from our old artist from issue four. We had to find a new artist, went through the motions of a new artist, really, really wasn't digging it because we financially they wanted more money and we weren't even a quarter of the way through and it was just like for us to be at the top of the list we had to spend more and then me and trey kind of sat down and had a conversation and i asked him i'm like this is a big undertaking and if you can't handle it let me know but is there any way we can fully produce this um and this whole year has been about getting production right getting the time frame right getting our methods down getting character design down as you know as you just said issue one, you know, the character went from like one design to another and that wasn't intentional. It's just, we were going through the different motions of the artist, and it's kind of just what we landed on. Um, so it was really just getting this right. And you're going to kind of see as we move forward with these issues, especially issue five, um, Trey's a huge manga fan and that's a lot of his influence as he draws. So you are going to see somewhat of a style change, um, in the characters, but I do believe it's a good segue from everything you've seen before. Um, I've seen the pages for issue five, and honestly, I'm excited for everyone to see this because it's probably the first time ever that I've been like actually anxiety-driven from going through these pages. Uh-huh. And I know I'm biased because it's my own project, but he did a phenomenal job of like bringing up the horror all the way up here because at the core of Rays, that's what it is. Nice. Yeah, I, I did see on your uh, Kickstarter campaign, you got a couple of preview pages for people yes. to see. And yeah, that's... Uh, <laughs> this, this poor little kid, man. You know? <laughs> why, why are you guys torturing this kid? I mean, we, we just gotta, you know, just, <laughs> just do some things people wouldn't expect, you know? <laughs> So, uh, talk to us a little bit about the Kickstarter. You're, I mean, you're fresh into it. You are, you've already got uh, some good backing going on. Yeah. Um, you know, it's uh, what you're at. Uh, you're just under three hundred on day one. I mean, yes. Dang, so, man. Yeah. Nice. So the good thing is, like, over the months, I've, I was able to like meet a lot of cool people on Twitter and kind of create a community with a lot of people. Um, and we've been you know, going through interviews for, I would say, a few weeks now. So it was really just building up those pre-followers and trying to get people to our kick launch, kick launch page or Kickstarter page, sorry. Um, 
And yeah, so the Kickstarter, super excited just because anyone who hasn't read Rays, we're doing physical tiers, we're doing uh, digital, and if you haven't read any of the issues, we're kind of bundling them. Um, one of my favorite things, and I think like the one thing me and Trey talked about is for Kickstarter, we noticed a lot of people who were doing Kickstarters and not knocking them at all, but like certain books that they were trying to sell, we felt were overpriced um, just a little bit. So one of the tiers, one of my favorite is for $12, you can get all five issues digitally, which if you add that up, that's like $2 an issue. Mm-hmm. I mean, it is, it's, uh, we're trying to get people invested in the series any way we can. And we've got a lot of cool physical rewards too. We've got a sticker set. We've got these 64 bit keychains that look awesome. Um, we've got a poster. We've got our first variant cover, which if you've seen our covers. It's, uh, the red text, but we didn't do it that time. We did it a little bit different, which, uh, Trey and my little brother Ben, who are both on the creative team, they worked to make that variant cover what it is. Yeah, Let, let's talk about those covers for a minute, man. I mean, it, first off, you've got it going down the page instead of cr- uh, across the top. Uh, your regular covers it goes down the middle of the of the of the cover, and this artwork that you've got on these who. Who's responsible for that? <laughs> so um, really early into the raise process, I was always trying to recruit artists, and I kind of found this guy who's all the way in Croatia. His name's Ivan Lugamer, and I've been in contact with him for about five years. We've been working on these covers together, um, and he does an outstanding job. He kind of – the first issue, he did it, and then it had almost a cinematic feel to it, and it just worked, and me and Trevor were just like, yo, we have to do this every cover and yeah. we've been just trying to rack our brains design wise how we could do it especially because a lot of people don't know these covers are easter eggs to these issues like issue one when the hands are coming out of the bus that is a reference to the cover issue two yeah. when the glass is breaking that is a reference to issue two so like yeah. everything we're doing on these covers because ultimately in the comic book industry when you pick up a cover it kind of tells you what's going to go on in the story so we wanted to give you a little tease of the story, but we didn't necessarily want to give away the whole issue. So it was kind of like a, a you know right in the middle where it worked. Yeah, yeah. Your cover, your covers definitely do a, a beautiful job of, you know, y- you get you get done with the issue, you roll back to the cover, and you're like, ah, I get Absolutely, it. Absolutely, yes. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Uh, like at the end of issue three, and then the cover for four, I just went. I see what they're doing now here. Yep, you know? Absolutely. <laughs> you know what's funny is like people are like these covers aren't ever gonna work, and then those some people are like, yo, your covers are so cool. I'm like, you guys just gotta trust the process. It's gonna work out. I promise. Who, who told you these covers wouldn't work? Um, I'm not gonna name any names because I don't want to throw them under the bus. But uh, <laughs> he's a good friend, though. He, he. Okay, I think. Okay. I think. Um, when you see, especially when you go to issue three, I think. Issue three, it's just kind of like these tire marks. Yeah. Um, and you're kind of like, what's that about? And that was obviously a reference to them being stuck in the car the whole issue. So it kind of gave away a little bit of information. Um, but obviously you have to read the story to know that. Yeah. Yeah. Now, whoever told you that the covers covers weren't going to work, they're they're out of their damn mind. Because these covers, <laughs> yeah, your, your, your cover art... Your cover art alone would definitely make people list, lift it off the shelf in a shop, I think. Yeah. We appreciate that. Thank you. Uh, and uh, just to talk for a minute about some of the, some of your Kickstarter pieces, uh, thirty five bucks you're giving away. 
you're giving away what you're buying. You know, you're back <laughs> everybody. You're giving them all four issues, the fifth issue, and the variant cover, along with the sticker pack. Yes. That's a pretty damn good deal right there, man. Absolutely. I mean, we got to make it affordable for everybody. I mean, it's tough times, so we know we want you guys to get excited for these rewards, and we want you to come and grab them. Um, I know they do cost a little bit of money, but in the in the long run, we're trying to give you the best for your buck when yeah. you come to our Kickstarter. Absolutely, absolutely. So the the characters here, uh, you know, we've got some very different groups of people uh, interacting. What? Uh, how did how did you decide on these different character types working together? Uh, was this was this inspired by friend groups, or is this a uh, little more of that like? Uh, you know, uh, video game uh, inspiration? Yeah, so originally it was, like, really just a Left 4 Dead knockoff. Um, and <laughs> so, like, when we were playing Left 4 Dead, we were just like, our world needs to be so dangerous that you got to have eight survivors to survive. Not knowing we do a comic book medium, and we kind of created all these eight characters over the years... Um, some of them are loosely based off of people we know, like Ian, who's a raging a-hole. He's actually, uh, he's based off of uh, my stepbrother, who's not like that in real life, nicest dude ever. But we used to play video games together, and we used to play like me, him, and Trey, and then this persona would come out when you become super confident and an a-hole and just, just not not like in a mean way, just like in a playful way, and we're like, man, we should make a character like that. And then we kind of just started to build these characters. You know, like, when we first wrote these characters, they all sounded the same. Like, there wasn't any of them that stood out. They were kind of just like, okay, they're saying the same thing. It doesn't sound different. And then we kind of started getting to, like, their backgrounds, how they were raised, um, you know, certain lessons they learned while they were growing up, like, maybe what their function was, like, Ashley being... uh, having medical background victoria if you look at our kickstarter she has um i believe it's student council so we started to kind of put these things in place where it would shape these characters where it wasn't so flat um when you're reading these characters like frankie he he has a southern accent accent and we tried to incorporate that wherever we could um and it was just trying to figure out like we have eight characters and at first when we started this it was like okay, everyone needs to be in every page we ever do. And it's like, no, that doesn't work. You don't just want to see... Yeah, so we were just like, okay, um, this is the story. Where, uh, What characters are getting the spotlight? Because not every character is going to get the spotlight from issue to issue. It depends what the story demands. And that's kind of how we started to figure out, like, who would have what, what story, who would bounce something off another character and try and put that all together. Mm Mm-hmm. Right on, right on. So, uh, wait, train of thought, give me a second. It's okay. <laughs> <laughs> I'm the same way. <laughs> Man. So, you didn't kickstart any of this initially. No. How, how, how were you publishing before? Just out of your own pockets? Yeah, so we actually have um, a local person, uh, local place we print with, so it's really close to like kind of where we live, and they were giving us uh, affordable prices. And what we were doing is we were pretty much, 
I told Trey, I'm like, we just need to put these things in stores. So we started going around uh, the Northeast and we just started dropping issues for free in stores. Um, and we just want to get our name in these stores. And then we started to build uh, or still building uh, business relationships with all these store owners. You know, I think they're a little bit uh, a little bit more friendly when you have something to give them instead of expecting them to give you something. Mm-hmm. Um, so we started to kind of build off that, put our issues in a lot of different stores. Um, we got up to issue four, went to Comic-Con, went to these local events, just try to spread word of mouth. And then, like I said, this year was kind of like, I don't know, it was our initial goal was to get signed with a publisher. And I told Trey I would do whatever it takes for us to get signed with a publisher. And as I started going through the social media outlets, starting to see all these different indie creators and started putting our comic on different indie platforms and saw that Kickstarter was a good way to get the word out about our comic, um, we kind of just figured that's what our focus was going to be, which honing down how we can realistically come up with, come out with issues every few months and then obviously spread the word of mouth as much as we humanly can. Mm-hmm. Okay. It, yeah, that's yeah. You know, the indie comic industry is so strong these days. Uh, really, signing with publishers, those contracts can be can be iffy, and you end up losing. Oh no, you got you have to read the fine print because, oh. like, some of these contracts I've been seeing, I'm like, no, I'm sorry, but I won't give up my rights to raise. You could give me a billion dollars right now. Um, I will not stop doing raise until I feel like I haven't done my job. If it starts declining, if I can't bring a good enough story, that's the only time I would even consider about selling it to someone. So it really is, you know, like right now, our goal is to create a loyal fan base, to get people in, to get people excited about these books and to really get people invested. You know, like it's true, like the consumer is your best friend. So like we're trying to, I think, break down that wall from – you know, creating the comic and then meeting all these fans and interacting with them and trying to break down that invisible wall because they are initially they are our support when we go through this process. Absolutely, um, I, I noticed online. I may be wrong. I found a site with the, the issues on it, and on each issue it said free. Is this? Am I correct? You can read the issues. Yeah. For free so online? right now we had uh, we had it on Global Comics for the first two issues. You can get for free because issue one's been out for about a year and a half, okay. and then issue two we wanted to kind of uh, get a little bit of traction because anyone who picks up our series, it's automatically they're going to issue one. But if I'm being honest, there's in my opinion there's better written issues than issue one. That was kind of our first go at it. Um, but yeah, we had that going, uh, and if I'm being honest, I don't know when it's going to end, but hmm. I do know is a lot of people who are on that indie platform, I think they gravitate more to free than purchasing a comic you've never heard of, so that was kind of the marketing idea for that. Well, it makes sense, because this way, you know, if you're listening to this episode and you want to find out more about it, reading two issues kind of gives you a good feel of what the series is like, and then you can carry on. Um, Absolutely. Yeah. I, I'm going to tell anybody listening, you, uh, it, once you get to three and four, that's when everything really comes together character development-wise, and you can start getting a better idea of who these people are mm-hmm. now that they've been through, like I said before, this fresh hell. Yes. <laughs> I, I have to agree with what Rook said. Um, I, I want to ask some questions. When you're talking about the first issue you did, three times yes um 
Could you talk talk about some of the learning curves on it? Like how how did you approach it, and what was some of the problems? I mean, I don't want to air dirty laundry, but I just no, absolutely. <laughs> so the biggest problem with issue one, and I think a lot of new people coming to the comics need to do their research on page to page layouts because mm. a lot of it was. We had these ideas, and the way it read, it wasn't as smooth. So we really tried to work on that through this process of issue one. Um, the main thing, too, was like issue one, the very first version was a very, very overcomplicated plot. We were trying to do, like I think, nine or ten different things all at once mm -hmm. right in issue one. And for us, I mean, the issue one you see now was kind of like we wanted to simplify it. And how could we simplify it, you know? Especially because, like, issue one isn't really that simple. There's, you know, there's infected on the bridge. There's a car crash. Everyone's running. It's madness. They have to find the car at the end. But we tried to simplify the plot as much as we could. Mm -hmm. um, and I think that was the big learning curve with that. Yeah, I got you. Um, most people that read comics like to, to draw. They always, you know, like to put their own together. And I've always found that when that happens, a lot of times you have a lot of pages of one head on the left and one head on the right trying to have a conversation. Mm -hmm. um, and the other problem is scene changes. And I remember when I was in college, I was talking to one of my best friends about it. And we were talking about how would you change a scene from this to this? And then, um, of all things, uh, the movie Superman 2 was on television. Mm -hmm. And I remember my friend, he jumped up and said, that was it. That was the perfect scene change. Because they had Gene Hackman <laughs> as, as Lex Luthor. And he was talking to the, the you know, Zod and those, those three. And they said, what's in it for you? And he says, I've always liked uh, beachfront property. I want Australia. And immediately <laughs> switches to a globe that said, on Australia, backs away. They're in the Daily Planet. I thought, okay. I, I I've seen that movie several times, never put that together. Mm -hmm. um, that's something that fascinates me is thinking for the comic and a storytelling sequence and how would you do it. Um, was there anything for you as a writer you know, when you were doing these that you had to stop and think about? Or you mentioned before like seeing how the art was. What, what were things that you, you had to retool yourself? Um, I think as, as you said, like the environment shots, um, those are a little bit of a difficult, you know, time when you're doing it, obviously, because you want it to feel, I mean, the way we design our books and our pages is, and we write it this way too, is almost like there's a camera in front of you. There's a camera to your side. There's a camera behind you. And the camera is ultimately following you as you go through these pages. Right. So some of these shots where you get these environment shots, um, you're trying to tell a story while you're also trying to give away, I think, context clues as well. Because, in my opinion, that's what an environment can do for the story or do for the character. Um, like, the pages you see, I think, on the Kickstarter for issue five is kind of how we went, okay, you know, this is in the forest. Um, how would we do it? Like, how would we do these shots? And that... You know, that ultimately changes because when we write it on the pages, and this is a good thing that we're now 100% on the creative side of this comic, is we'll, we'll write a page, and then me and Trey will sit down and we'll say, okay, this character's doing this, they're looking this way, 
you know what, that doesn't work. Let's take that out and let's change it. Let's put the camera on the ground and they're looking at them from the side. Hmm. So it really is, I think, a rule we live by, nothing is concrete. We've literally had changes a day before we put out an issue, Hmm. you know. Um, It really is being able to go with the flow because for us, it's delivering the best story possible. If we can't deliver the the best story possible, we're going to leave this industry. So that's kind of how we go from book to book. Um, And we just we try to make it feel dynamic, you know, with whatever page we're trying to do. And we don't there's always this idea we have is each issue we go through. It's there's this one page that you're just pointing to and be like, that was really cool. And that's what we always try to strive for, no matter what we're doing in the issue. And that's kind of what you're going to see as we go forward. Right. Right on. Right on. So, uh, something, something I noticed, um, going through each book, um, you've got this page dedicated to your mom. Yes. (laughs) I I love this. I do too. Thank (laughs) you. (laughs) This is just so great. Yeah. Uh, what does she, what does she think about all this? So, not trying to make it super negative, but she did pass away a few years ago. So, oh, after sad. she passed away, she wasn't able to see issue one, and unfortunately for her, she read all the bad ranks of Rays. Um, <laughs> but <laughs> we wanted to um, we wanted to give her a shout out because it's this thing that always follows me that I see on social medias or I have conversations with is. People always remember celebrities when they die, but you don't remember the average Joe. So this was a way that she could live on through our story. And Mm. she was there. She was our number one fan. You know, she Mm. was there from day one when it was god awful. Um, So it was a way to kind of remember her. And like through our readers, she lives on. You know what I mean? And that was kind of the mindset behind that page. Love it. One thing. Love it. When you're talking about she didn't get to see the good stuff, to me... Mm. I love the creative process, and my favorite thing is to be around, it didn't matter if, if somebody's building a D&D campaign, mm-hmm. writing songs, or putting together a, a movie project or a comic book, it's the energy of the people creating it, and when you're deciding and putting it together, so she got to see, to me, the most interesting part. Oh, yeah. You know, so that that's not a problem. I, I did enjoy that as well. Um. You mentioned you guys like comics. Uh, are you yes. reading comics currently, or is this something in the past? Oh, yeah. So we started reading a whole more comics when we got right. into the industry. So um, Trey right now is reading Levius. And then, so that's actually a Japanese manga. And if you go mm-hmm. pick it up, you'll actually kind of see a little bit of similarities from the art style to what we're trying to accomplish. Mm-hmm. So. He's been kind of, I mean, this year he's kind of been on the hunt. He's been trying to kind of figure out his own style. Right. Obviously, he has these inspirations. But, yeah, we. I mean, we're friends with uh, a guy in New Hampshire every time we go. And we don't ask for this, but every time we go, we're like, go to pay for the comics. And he just gives it to us cool. because we always go to the local events. We're always trying to help out, obviously, with the store. Um, and then right now, I just picked up, um, I think it's number six in the insane asylum joker and harley book right now and artistically wise that's one of my favorites that i've seen so far at least in the new age just because the art is like incredible it feels like a nor book and it's just like the way they did black and white and green and red kind of incorporated into these panels is just like blows my mind the hyper realistic 
uh, I think, style they went for. So, yeah, we're always trying to read new comics. I mean, any time we can, we're trying to do so. Nice. Nice. Yeah, I know that book that you're talking about. The styling on that book is just, it's phenomenal. It's nuts. Like, And I want to get all the books. I'm only on six, and I'm like halfway through the story, so I'm like, I need to get all the books before this so I can actually know what's happening. (laughs) Absolutely, absolutely, man. So we got more ideas other than raised or is raised the baby at the moment and it's it's full tilt concentrate on raised or or do you want to maybe tease a little something uh, else that you guys are working on yeah so right now i think with this year we were trying to figure out production for raised and the goal ultimately is to get a big enough fan base where people are waiting to see these issues come out and that's what we're trying to build right now so i would say raised is our main focus um we do have some things that we're not going to announce yet just because they're not really put together, but they are some ideas that are kind of uh, ass-backwards from Rays. It's something that you wouldn't expect us to come out with. Um, it is very opposite, and I think as creators, if we do any books, the goal ultimately is, one, to have fun, um, and two, to create something that, one, no one's ever seen before and is just kind of something you haven't done before. I don't want to, after Raze, I can tell you right now, um, hopefully I'm not on another zombie book. I think after this zombie series, um, I want to go to something new, something refreshing, and kind of dip my toes into a new genre or new category, whatever that may be. Um, nice. When, when you say zombie book, um, I honestly don't consider this a zombie book. I mean, I understand that there's a... Yes! You know, <laughs> well, someone said it! No, um... <laughs> I mean, I understand that there's a threat, and it's unique, but I, I didn't think zombie whatsoever in it. Um, that's just me. But That's that's the goal. That's uh, what we tried yeah. to strive for, I think, because, like I said, it's it's a character study, and a lot of people don't yeah. know this. Like, the, the word raise, so we came up with that idea for the title because we, we were trying to figure out, you know, titles that kind of encompass everything in the story and ultimately what raise means it means for a foundation to crumble mm-hmm. and yeah. we thought that was the perfect title because it works on all avenues in the story a friendship could crumble or uh, a, a building could crumble a zombie could crumble a car could crumble. like it just went into so many different avenues we're like that's perfect because that's what the story is every zombie genre goes seven years in the future or goes when everything's yeah. already crap you're going to see how society is going to react to this virus and how they're either going to solve it or not solve it. You yeah. know, I mentioned earlier, this thing could have been about dirty laundry. So I'm going to give you a synopsis. Everything's the same, but in the car, the people are complaining about, why didn't you do your laundry? This stinks. And they <laughs> complain about, why isn't the, anything moving on the bridge? They get out. Kind of find out it's the big accident that caused it. And it says, we can't get past the smell. Finally, fast forward, they're at the junkyard. And the guy's like, none of this would have happened if you kids would have done your laundry. See, it works that way as well. So, be glad I wasn't a part of the crypt. <laughs> There's just baskets of laundry running out of you. <laughs> No, but I would I would agree to your point. I mean, that was ultimately the goal because, like, 
I think when you have a zombie genre, I think at least this is how we've 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 gone about it is um <clears throat> the zombies are really supposed to like they're supposed to put you in interesting situations, but it's still about the characters, you know? It's all yeah. it's like it's like any story. Like if your car breaks down or you can't pay rent, like yeah, that's what's going on. But what's really going on is what's going on with these characters. Like, how are they reacting to that? How are they solving it? How are they not solving it? Um, and that's kind of how we went into it. You know, like we are going to do our characters, but the, the zombie aspect is kind of like that world, you know? Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And, and I think that's one of the things that gets overlooked way too easy when somebody's like oh it's a horror thing and you know there's this killer and it's all about the killer uh, especially with with anything zombie-esque related uh it's so easy for people to get so involved in the zombie concept they never develop their, their characters mm. so i think that's one of the things that i really appreciated most about the first two issues being so crazed and then you get a chance to slow down and you know you get this the third issue you get this this crumble of of their sense of like we're, we're escaping when the car breaks down and then the fourth issue they've you really get to develop your characters and i think that's 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 super important uh like you said this is a character study it's it's to look at the individuals how far can some go as we saw in fourth in the fourth issue when the knife gets dropped on the table. Yes. <laughs> 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 I mean, like, like, how, like, you know, like you said, you, you, they're like maybe two days into this and somebody's already thrown a knife on the table talking about killing somebody. It's like, wait, like, how did things fall apart this quick? Yeah. But there was so. a good conversation after that. You know, some of the things mentioned about this is something once you do it, you can't ever return from. Uh, there was, yeah. it was, it was brief discussion, but it was there. And I thought, wow, this is okay. This is something. Yeah, so. absolutely. I mean, that's what we try to do. We try to have these issues where it's very thought provoking. Um, and credit, I mean, credit more to Trey because I mean, when we we're going through issue four, it was just like, hey, they're at the junkyard, and this is going to be an issue where it's slower. And um, we kind of came up with that idea last minute. We're like. You know, he was like, what if Victoria just throws the knife on the table? And she's like, we got to kill him. And then it kind of sparks like, okay, how would everybody react to that? Right. Would they be on board? Would they not be on board? Like, who's right? Who's wrong? And the way we went about it is like certain people don't have the opinion that you think they would. Right. You think that like, you know, they'd be like, no, we're not doing this. And they're like, actually, like, yeah, we should do this. And it's like. You know, something I think that is overlooked in issue three is, you know, Victoria's character in issue three, she's having a PTSD attack. She just saw a bunch of people die on a bridge and she saw a bus flip. So when someone says bridge, she's going into like her crazy mode and almost her fight or flight mode. And then you put her in another situation where now there's someone, you know, that's infected in the next room. What are you going to do? You know what I mean? So yeah. it kind of plays into that. Yeah. Yeah, I know you talk, uh, when, you, when you're mentioning that with uh, issue three where she has that kind of rush back of the memories. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, you know, it, extreme situations 
will cause people to do extreme things and it looks like that that her character is really going to be the one to come up with the most extreme solutions yes (laughs) (laughs) so yeah man i dig it great work uh you know I'm I'm looking forward to seeing where you guys are going with this and how these characters develop, uh, you know, because that's, you know, I, I I feel like in the zombie in the zombies esque genre, I'm calling this an esque genre because yes. <laughs> it, it, it really, it, it, you know, you, you're working with some things with the with the threat because uh, I don't even I, I really don't want to say the z word. <laughs> the infected, come on! That's yeah, a, that's that's, yeah, a, that's yeah. our name. <laughs> you know, the, the infected are—they're the threat, but are possibly the people you're with the bigger threat. Exactly. So, and you know how these characters deal with the interior and exterior threats is going to be far more interesting uh than anything else i think you know uh, i i i always hate when everybody's like well how did it start how, how what, what caused it <laughs> you know absolutely and let's talk about what the characters do and how they try and get things back on track or maybe somebody just derails it all together who knows <laughs> <laughs> yeah i mean it was always too like you know any zombie genre we saw was like once they answered the question where like it started you don't care anymore. Like you're like, okay, I found my answer. It's done. You know what I mean? So it's like four rays. The, the most important thing was throwing you in, in hell and kind of like giving you like tiny pieces of this giant puzzle. So as you go through this, you know, these issues, you're going to still have that intrigue. Like, okay, where did the zombies come from? Where did the zombies come from? That's going to also make you want to pick up another issue. And maybe, we figure it out in this issue. Maybe we don't. Maybe we get a little clue. Maybe we don't. So it's like kind of this thing we always talked about playing with. Awesome. So where can everybody find find this? Obviously on Kickstarter. Just yes. type in R A Z E, raise. You're gonna find it real quick on Kickstarter. But where's where's everything else social media wise where we can find you guys? Yeah. So we're almost on every social media. So we are on Facebook. We have our own Facebook group. Just uh, search Raise Comics. Or on Instagram, just search Raise Comics. We're on Twitter, just search Raise Comics. TikTok as well, Raise Comics. YouTube channel, Raise Comics. Um, you can find me on Twitter as well. I am comics underscore raise. Um, and my header is 2% milk. I'm probably the only one in the world who has that. <laughs> um, but yeah, that's where you can find us. And any updates, we use Facebook and I think Twitter uh, the most frequently. We do post on Instagram as well, but it's a little bit limited with just doing, obviously, videos and images. Uh, but anything news-related with Rays, you can come and follow us on Twitter and Facebook. Awesome. Awesome, man. And Sam, thank you so much for taking your time, joining absolutely. us today, talking about you, baby. Uh, the, yes, absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> All right, everybody. Check it out. Raise number five. Kickstarter is out there for you guys. We've already talked. If you're not convinced at this point, what what is it going to take? So go check out their Kickstarter. Go check them out on social media. All right. Uh, Everybody listening, if you like to draw, we're always looking for covers to announce a new episode on the Facebook page and the Facebook group. Everybody always says, I don't know if you're going to like this. We're going to like it. Uh, and if you allow us to, we can't pay you for it, but if you allow us to, we'll add it to the cover gallery of the blog. 
if you're any kind of recording artist, singer, musician, uh, we're always looking for MP3s to play in the music spotlight, which we have unless we have a guest, like tonight. Um, any, all that can be found on the contact page. Uh, again, we're getting desperate, and Rook is getting tired of me playing the same stuff over and over. So, <laughs> um, I can only take so much. <laughs> <laughs> and we have t-shirts you can find in the sidebar of the blog. Uh, is to help us with hosting fees. Listen to the show. Wear the shirt. Rook? Of course, you can find us at bunchofdorks.com. Just click on that Cyclops. You guys know where it is. Until next time, everyone. Read. More. Comics. You can hear our most recent 20 episodes on iTunes. If you would like to hear our older episodes, you can find them on our blog. Just go to bunchofdorks.com and click, click on, on the Cyclops. Uh. True Dimension can be found on iTunes and Stitcher Radio. If you like what you hear, you can subscribe, rate, leave a review, call a friend, or like us on Facebook. Thanks for listening.